telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the EGA's podcast, Telling Stories from the Clubhouse. I am Giselle Guerra, Quality Lead at Plint. And today I have the, the, the pleasure of speaking to Luis Tapia, CP, CEO of Take One, about the Take One sale to Verbit and Women in Technology. Luis, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company for us to get started? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you, Giselle. Lovely to, to meet with you and, and be on the um, EGA podcast. Thank you for the invite. Um, yeah, so I have been um, CEO of Take One for about seven years. Um, back a long while back, I studied um, Spanish and media at university. Um, then I've taken on, I guess, back in the day, a few sales and marketing roles. Um, and I joined Take One about 20 years ago, um, back when we were most, I guess, a lot of your listeners will remember when uh, workflows were analog and we were working off VHS tapes, audio cassettes. Um, very different to the file-based workflows that we all manage now. Um, so I've had a number of different roles at the company, um, wearing different hats over the years. And as I say, um, running sort of the lead role um, about seven years ago. That's, that's what I've been doing. Excellent. Uh, and yes, I, I am one that remembers the analog times as I've been in this, in this industry uh, for about uh, around 30 years. So yes, uh, those, those were different times. Things have changed a lot. And it looks like you have gone through many different positions, which I'm sure gives you a really interesting perspective on, on many sides of this business. Um, in fact, as, as a CEO of Take One, you spearheaded the very recent sale of Take One to Verbit. Congratulations on that. Um, and what did that entail on your part? Thank you. Thank you, Giselle. Yes, it was very um, recent. Uh, literally, I think we're almost two months in now. <laughs> um, so what did it entail? Uh, a huge amount of work and a very steep learning curve um, for me and a lot of, well, most of us at, at the business. Certainly for me, it was our, my first experience of uh, M&A. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we really, a little while back, we began to seek investment. Um, we recognized that we had a need for investment to help support the business's growth into the next phase. Um, and when the, uh, we were only really beginning that sort of journey of, of looking for investment when the opportunity with Verbit came up um, and we immediately saw the synergies, um, shared company values, we could see the opportunities of, of being part of the Verbic group. Um, and uh, we could see how that take, how take one would really be a great fit um, within the group. Um, so we, yeah, proceeded with things. It, it was very challenging. I'm not, not, don't really want to rush to repeat the last few months, to be honest with you. Um, we, you know, you, we had to run the due diligence process in parallel, of course, with running the business. Um, so it was very intense. Uh, a very intense few months. Um, I was grateful that it only lasted six months. That's apparently pretty good going. Um, can't imagine what it would be like if it'd be much longer. Um, and it's really brilliant to be on the other side finally now. Um, we were able to obviously update our team, update our clients and um, our industry colleagues, and now you know move forwards. And, and a big part of what we're doing now with Verbit is the integration phase. So we're in, we're at the early stages of that, of 
integrating the two companies and um, you know getting the best best out of um, sort of two plus two equals five type arrangement. That is great. Yeah, I I I can't even begin to imagine what all that <laughs> the the type of work involved with that. So congratulations on on leading that. That is exciting. Um, in fact, can you share a bit, a little bit about the opportunities that this has created for your company and what's coming up? What's in the horizon for you guys? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, so uh, financial security is, is a big one. Um, Burbit are what's called a unicorn company. So being part of that is, is, is fabulous. Um, it's established um, our geographic footprint in North America. We, we already had um, a presence. Of course, in North America, we have a lot of Um, US clients, but um, we're now sister companies with Vitac, who are um, the largest part of the media arm of Verbit. So Tate One and Vitac are now um, working in, together as sister companies. So we, we've basically increased our, our footprint there. Um, a big opportunity is that we've been able to enhance and expand our service offerings. So something that our clients can benefit from, we can now offer um, world-class live captioning, which is something that Vitek have been doing for many years. They're very, very experienced in that area. And it's obviously a really good fit with our um, uh, offline captioning offerings that the access services and transcription um, and localization services that we, we already offer. Um, also um, being um, part of Verbit means we have access to greater technologies and innovation. They have a a huge um, R&D um, department, um, much bigger than our, our one. So that gives us, uh, you know, lot, hopefully more speed to, to, to be able to develop new um, products and systems and things. Um, and really um, making us better equipped to meet the, the growing demand of, um, you know, for accessibility services. And, and it means that we can really truly be a one-stop shop for our clients. Um, and also, uh, you know, broker some preferred supplier deals, that kind of thing um, at the network level. And that, that benefits our clients, benefits the content creators. Um, so it's kind of a win-win all around. Great. That, that's uh, great to know. looks like there's, it's going to branch and, and provide lots of opportunities for you guys and for your clients, which is, of course, a, a bigger goal, I'm sure. Um, and leading into, you know, how you're mentioning technology and the, and R&D, that's part of this, a, bi a big part of this um, uh, co combination of companies now, as you call it, a, a unicorn company with the other services that you also provide. Um, we know that AI solutions in this industry have quickly come a long way, especially due to the challenging last two years. There's been a lot of uh, research and development in that, in that end. Um, and there's no doubt that that's going to continue happening. How do you strike a balance between AI and human resources in the services that you provide? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there is there has been a massive increase in demand for transcription um, access services and localization services within media. Um, but Unfortunately, for all of us working in the industry, and I'm sure you, you come across this, Giselle, there's not always the equivalent increases in budget. Um, so what that means is that we need to all become more efficient. Obviously, the first, uh, you know, very um, obvious place to go for that is, is, 
is technology and specifically um, machine technology. So we have ASR, AI, machine translation, all allowing us to increase our capacities um, at a lower cost than a human only workflow. Um, but people are absolutely still critical to maintain the quality um, and the balance between speed, accuracy and cost comes down to the type of programming and the specific client's requirements. So um, obviously for live production, speed is, is critical and viewers tend to be more forgiving um, on the quality side, but for drama and other post-produced con content, um, the quality is, is the most important criteria. Um, I think it's important to remember that AI isn't just about getting computers to create the content, um, it's also uh, important to, it's a huge um, way to uh, create more efficient workflows and automate other processes. And all of that goes towards being able to do what we do um, in a more cost-effective way. Yes, absolutely. That's a really great point. The, the management and administration of all these um, projects also involve so many processes that can benefit from, from technology and AI. So that's, um, yeah, it, it's definitely a great help. Um, and speaking a little bit about that, when, when post-editing started as a service, there was always a fear that jobs and rates would be drastically and immediately affected, but that doesn't seem to be so much the case. Why do you think the human factor is still so important? And you mentioned a little bit about that earlier? Yeah, um, I think the industry, like many other industries, is facing a skills shortage. Um, so new processes and approaches will allow us to use uh, linguist skills more strategically. Um, it means they can improve the quality of translations rather than spending you know, lots of time on getting the basics right. So in post-editing, it means that linguists can focus on ensuring that we translate and communicate um, not only the words, but the meaning behind complex ideas and idiomatic um, expressions, you know, the sort of raining cuts and dogs type phrases and fish out of water, which you, know, you need a human to, to interpret those, um, a machine's gonna get that wrong, most likely. Um, and rather than uh, using ASR, online translation tools and, and similar products as a kind of catch-all problem solver um, to replace the roles that people play in our processes. Uh, we use AI as a tool to provide people with more time to do high-value work. So, for example, this could include um, doing a first-pass transcription or translation, or it could be as simple as using spell check. Um, capturing text on screen with optical character recognition tools, or maybe using time alignment to line up subtitle text with the corresponding audio. So in this, our aim is to use the AI to do the low skill kind of heavy lifting um, <clears throat> so that our team of linguists and media specialists have more time to spend on um, the, the more challenging and creative type tasks. I think that's, yeah, that's a great way to see it. It's, it's a, a, a great resource to use the linguist time and their expertise in a much more efficient way instead of, you know, spending time, like you said, on the basics. Um, those are really great points. Um, 
And technology has always been, of course, front and center in this industry, as we discuss. And it is clear that, you know, women are largely underrepresented in the field. In, in average, you know, according to some statistics, it's four to one, uh, the ratio of men uh, versus women in the field. And the gender gap is huge, and it starts all the way back in the education pipeline. Um, so for women who are looking to start in this industry and who are interested and maybe interested in considering a focus in STEM, what academic or professional paths do you suggest, you know, with so many things changing? And so, you know, which route do you think things are going? Yeah, you're right. I, I think it does start with education. Um, that's definitely the, the, the starting point. I would say for women who are interested in starting work in the broadcast industry, they shouldn't be put off by any ideas that it's more male dominated or that women aren't welcome in the industry. I think that's the first point I'd like to make. Um, it is true when you attend industry events, I'm, I'm always surprised it's sort of, you know, I sort of do a double take when I arrive sometimes at the events that the, I'm always surprised the majority of attendees are still male. Um, I was, just went to IBC last week um, and that was the case for sure, for sure it's the case. Um, however, my experience has definitely been that both men and women are receptive to women working in all types of broadcast roles. So my advice to, to younger women perhaps who wanna join the industry is, is put yourself out there, um, use your networks, use your connections, get work experience where you can, don't be afraid. Um, just just go for it and I think it, it, you will be well received. Um, you, you may be familiar Giselle with an organization called RISE. Um, it's a fabulous organization. It supports and encourages women working in broadcast, um, doing really well. They have many initiatives um, going on. One of them, we've, we at Take One have been involved with a number of them. One of them is, is a mentoring program um, which has been very successful. We've been involved both on the mentoring and mentee side, um, and it's always uh, has very positive um, output sort of for, from both sides. So getting involved in an organization such as RISE is also a great, a great way in, I would suggest. Yes, that is a great tip um, for anyone that's looking to get into the, the, that, biz, that part of the business. Um, Rises, a great organization. And you just reminded me of, um, we had the Emmys, uh, was it Monday? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a blur. Um, mm -hmm. And the Gina, uh, Gina Davis got the award for her uh, foundation's research on, you know, uh, representation and uh, women's roles, especially in uh, kids shows, you know, how underrepresented that has um, historically been. And there's a phrase that, you know, she used, which is, if she can see it, she can be it. And I think in this industry, we need more of that as well, you know, just to, to see those examples, like you said, see more women in, in, in shows like um, IBC, or to see uh, more women, even in film, uh, in those positions, um, uh, being portrayed as the broadcast, you know, uh, doing technology jobs in, in broadcasting or in media or anything that's involved like that. So those are all things that I think could, could help the more women feel supported and feel like they belong in these, uh, these positions. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Um, and 
speaking of which, as a female CEO in this male-dominated industry, you proudly have a management team comprised of mostly women and have built a business model that allows flexibility to working parents with the outsourcing, you know, and, and maybe a more home-based um, flexibility. Um, is this based on conscious decisions to enhance and facilitate gender equality, or is this something that naturally or organically happened in your company? Uh, definitely the latter. Um, it's, it's really honestly not something I've been specifically proactive about. Um, you're right, we do have a number of um, female managers and, and senior leaders that take one. But in each case, I could honestly say we've, we've simply appointed the candidate that we felt has been the right one for the role, um, regardless of their gender. Um, yeah, and the, you're right as well. The, the, the freelance model um, does tend to um, be more um, appealing, perhaps, to, the, to females than, than, than males. Um, but again, that's not been through any intention at all. It's just um, the way that it's worked out, I think. Um, but as I say, it, it, it's, it's always about, for us, finding the right person for the role. Um, that has to come first, in, in my view. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great to be recognized in that sense that you are getting that position for your, your qualities and your attributes. Um, exactly. That's perfect. Um, and what is next uh, for you, Louise? Where, what do you, where do you see yourself going from here? <laughs> Good question. Um, yeah, well, for now, for sure, continuing my role at Take One. Um, we're now part of Verbit. That's a huge step for us and a very exciting one. And I want to see how it develops and, and where it leads us to. Um, right now, I'm working very closely with their PMI. Um, that's their post-merger integration team. Um, so that's that's a big uh, a big uh, operation. Um, we're working on obviously integrating Take One fully into Verbit, um, and yeah, really looking forward to leading Take One um, as we grow in in the next step of our journey um, and and becoming an important part of Verbit's media arm uh, alongside Vitac. That's that's really uh, me for the for the next as uh, as far as I can see ahead, I guess. Absolutely. On that yet. Absolutely. Sounds like you have your, your handful with lots of exciting things to come and, and we'll love to have you back uh, to, to hear more about it. Um, that would be lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing a little bit of, of what's going on with you and, and take one and, and verbit. Glad to hear. You're very welcome. Thanks, Giselle. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling.